You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hello and welcome back to Fan Critical's coverage of The Walking Dead Season 9. It's uh, Episode 3, Warning Signs, directed by Dan Liu. And um, this episode's had a, a decent IMDb score so far, 8.7 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, it's given us a, another good mix of characters and storylines. Um, so who have you got this evening? Well, today one of our saviours has gone mysteriously missing. John's not with us again, he, so... He would be targeted as one of the first ones to be executed probably um, um he's you know said some things along the way that have angered a lot of people and done some things and done some things so yeah. he legitimately he would be the first one to go um but let's hope we find him alive back for episode four uh, unlike the other unlucky saviors so far this season yeah. i am however joined by our very own father gabriel expert on the good book uh, or comics in his case yeah. it's len yeah thanks for that i do not like being likened to father gabriel Too he late is now. a little dweeb however he has got better as time has gone on he has um, like you, but started showing some dweeby elements again this episode mm, well we'll talk about that a little bit later on uh and finally i'm your host emma and like maggie if you break the rules i will be punishing you i don't know how you want to take I, that I don't. now i've said it out loud yeah i think it's not going to translate well in podcast form sounds a bit um sounds a bit dodged doesn't it? yeah so well let's let's move on from that shall we yeah uh first up a quick spoiler warning we will be discussing events and characters up to season nine episode three in this podcast surprisingly um but as well as storylines and characters from the comics in comic corner at the end of the podcast but don't worry if you want to avoid comic spoilers you can just switch off when we get there we'll give you ample warning a little bit of a musical interlude and mm, you can uh, just enjoy music. our review um without having any of those spoilers uh, so first up, I want to get some overall thoughts on the episode. Uh, Len, tell us what you thought about it. Give us your blueberry score and uh, explain how that works for any of our new listeners and, and welcome. Yes, uh, so we blueberry everything. That's our rating scale. That's our way of rating anything that we review. And it's from zero is the worst score. Five is the maximum you can give And in terms of blueberries. And there can be, you can't half a blueberry. You just can't do it. So you, ha- you have to uh, be quite strict Uh, when it comes to your score. Now, I've been quite positive this season about the first two episodes, Mm -hmm. and I am pleased to say that uh, episode three was also a fairly good episode of The Walking Dead. Excellent. I I can't believe it. There has been three 
good episodes in a row, I think. Maybe. John's going to be raging at I, I don't know what else to think about it other than the fact there's three good episodes in a row. Um, it's, I'm sort of baffled. But yes, uh, I like what they're doing with the Oceanside and the discontent between the groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the dialogue was very good at times in this episode. But yeah, strong episodes. Uh, the ending, I'm a bit annoyed about because uh, I think it's pretty much you know, signalling how Rick is going to go. Um, and it's not the way that I want it to happen, but maybe I'll be wrong and they'll they'll do a left left turn left field turn on that. So but other than that, really good episode. I'm happy with it. Uh I'm gonna give it another three out of five uh blueberries. Nice. Yeah, so it's consistently getting decent ish scores. Yeah. John's gonna come back next week and be absolutely raging that Emma and Len have become like the hype men or hype people yeah. of, of fan critical and yeah. not allowed any criticism whatsoever so far. I mean, he will send us criticism so we can channel him at certain points. Look, it's not perfect. There are some things that we don't like and we'll mention those as well. We will indeed. Uh, we will indeed. Well, if he ever comes back, then uh, we'll, we'll see what happens then. Yeah. Um, I agree. I thought this was a great episode. Um, it answered a few of the questions that we've already had, which was nice. We've not left too much hanging so far. Gave us some new questions to think about, which which is always good. You're not just closing things off and starting a ridiculous new storyline next episode. And there was also a bit of that kind of happy, clappy, normal life to, to long for, I suppose, with uh, Rick and Michonne and uh, and the little one. Good old that was Judith. Sweet, wasn't it? It was adorable. Yeah, it's very nice. That. It's nice to see the human side again. But obviously, mm. I mean, we can't be happy for long. Um, but overall, I think the episode kept up the, the positive trend of this season so far. And, and Len, like you said, I'm a bit baffled by it. Um, yeah. But I'm not going to complain. Yeah. And, and I am going to give it, uh, again, four blueberries. Well, there you go. So, so far, I'd say the average score for this season so far might be approaching a four blueberry I think it might uh, which is we've had three fours and yeah and it's obviously because John isn't here but just saying that is a serious improvement on last season Uh, I'm not saying that proves that Scott Gimple was a joke I'm just saying uh, so far the evidence is quite strong that that was the case well Angela well done if the fourth episode is good Jesus because we know the fifth episode is going to be good no matter what happens because that's, well, that's the big one. That is, I mean, it is the big one, isn't it? So, listen, if they nail the fourth episode, we might be a whole way through half of a season, which is actually decent. So... I think we haven't seen that since probably season four or five. Uh, season four, I think, was uh, the sort of sickness outbreak uh, that mm. happened and then them having to exile and be on the road and sort of find each other again. I thought that was pretty strong stuff. And I think that was the last time that this, the show was any good. To wow. be, like in it to a to a to a consistent level. Yeah. Hello, just a, a quick advert break. If you are enjoying the content so far, then please do subscribe. Uh, we're on all major podcasting platforms, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, and, and the rest of them, Spotify too. Um, you can find us under Fan Critical, and then the content just downloads straight to your device. We uh, we release content weekly, so we'll be doing The Walking Dead uh, every week for while it's out this season. We've also got loads of interesting content on our Castle Rock Critical uh, channel, where we're doing a number of Stephen King retrospectives, including last week's release covering Pet Cemetery, and uh, we have got a few other exciting things coming up, such as a Halloween special reviewing the new Halloween film, and uh, and coverage of Stephen King's Misery in a couple of weeks' time. Um, not to take up too much of your time, do leave us some feedback if you've got it. And now it's time to get back to the podcast. <laughs> 
Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Well, let's uh, let's dive into it then, shall we, Lynn? Yep, let's do it. Positives. Should we, should we start off with a positive for the episode? Yeah. Do you want to start with your positive, Len? Uh, One of your positives. I do. I do. Uh, and I'm I, I'm just going to say everyone who listens to us knows that I love Rick. He is crushing it this season, I think. Mm-hmm. Playing the sort of older statesman type role, the one who is trying to unite everybody, um, but also showing his uh, compassionate side, uh, both with the communities and also with his family. Yeah. And, um, you know, I cannot imagine the show without him. It's getting harder this season as well. Uh, I think, although they've given Daryl and Maggie more lines this, this season, especially Daryl, to not have Rick there, I think you are going to see a massive golf in class dip away from the show because he has been he is the best actor on the show hands down it's it's not even a competition um you know i know everyone loves daryl but you know he's not as good an actor as rick that is just a fact andrew lincoln has done a fantastic job and been on an amazing journey in the show uh mm. having suffered tragedies that are inexplicable he's lost his whole family essentially he's had to rebuild over and over again go through bouts of insanity tackle ridiculous villains tackle villains which are like him but just (laughs) taking a slightly different path he's seen it all and now he's trying to build a new society and with that comes you know a lot of issues that he is getting at the moment but he is uh portraying it andrew lincoln is portraying the situation extremely well um, and I feel sorry for Rick, the character, that his closest friends are about to turn on him, um, which I personally don't like at all. I'm not going to call it a negative because I, I don't think it is a negative. It's just mm. a plot device that I don't enjoy. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that I don't like. That doesn't mean it's bad for the show. But Rick this season um, and even in this episode, I love his, the, the delivery from Andrew Lincoln yeah. and everything that he's doing uh, is really selling. Even like you said, the family stuff. um, but it works. It worked. Yeah, I I bought it, and you know, mm. for, it was a bit you know cheesy. But look, I he needs a bit of positivity and happiness. The man suffered. Yeah, and I so mean, if, much. If we had a whole episode of you know happy clappy Rick and Michonne, I, I'd probably be a bit yes. negative about it. But yeah. actually, as much as you you know my feelings about all their smooching, um, I actually thought it was really good. It started the episode off with you know kind of the things we've been thinking about last season. What you know what comes after. Not yeah, to, rebuilding know. society. Yeah, and, you know, re... Uh, what's the word? Ge- generating new society. You know, obviously, they're trying to make babies, right? Yeah, well... You got that, yeah? Yeah, well... And that is going to be extremely tragic because, obviously, we know that Rick is leaving the show in some capacity. We don't know if he dies. And I know a lot yeah. of people out there are saying, he definitely dies, but... Um, I'm edging more and more to the fact that he doesn't. Uh, well... Look, I'm not going to announce spoilers on on the no. po- podcast, but there were some images leaked uh, pre. See, The Walking Dead is notorious for it, and and just to reference uh, a chat that we've been having on social media platforms, we are members of several Walking Dead groups, mm. uh, and we put a question out there, like, okay, for example, this this episode, we put a question out there: who is capturing these saviors? Who is who jumped uh, Justin at the end of last week's episode? Mm. Hundreds of responses on 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 these groups. So thank you very much for the interaction. It's been great. But I reckon about twenty percent of them said it's definitely Oceanside. We've read the script already. This happens weekly with The Walking Dead. There are. It's a shame. It's I think. A, it's, it is honestly the worst show at not being able to keep its secrets. Uh, so 
you know, arguably Game of Thrones season seven stole that when it leaked its whole yeah. running order and script. <laughs> but this is a problem that the show has. So I'm not saying that these are definite spoilers, but there were images leaked uh, about Rick's situation. But do not believe them. Even if, even if you think you know it because you've seen some images, don't believe it because they have been known to film several different scenarios. Think about the bat. Think about the bat. Two trick the audience and not have any spoilers and I think this might be one of those occasions mm. because it's it's arguably the biggest death the show will ever have um, and I just think they will have filmed several situations they won't be that lazy with it, it, it they're going to have to make it interesting yeah. so let's see what happens but uh, yeah Rick he is going to be a big big loss and uh, his his performances have been outstanding yeah I mean killing it one of my favourite parts of this episode for Rick actually was um, not only the, the bit at the beginning you know playing hide and seek with Judith which was adorable mm. um, but when he comes into the, the argument between the saviours and, and everybody else and he's just riding up and down it's pretty cool horse. isn't it very very, very wild sort of, west kind of yeah it's western and it's great. also like just that sort of like lead he is just an ultimate leader yeah like, he commands that respect like no, no one does any Thing when he's around, um, and they, you know, he, he, like you said, even the saviors respect him. Like he took down Negan, he mm. took down their whole thing that they had going, uh, for better or worse, in their opinion. Um, you know, even Daryl and Maggie. I know by the end of the episode, you've got this weird turn of character from them, um, which I still think is massively out of character. Um, mm. But they, they still respect him. I can't believe that they're going to kill him. If that does happen, I will be devastated. That actually segues quite nicely into a bit that I'm not sure about. So um, when we find out that the saviours are uh, being killed by vengeful Oceansiders, um, yes. that is confronted uh, towards the end of, of the episode. I still don't know how I feel about that, even after watching it. That is the the Oceansiders, you mean? Yeah. What do, um, what do you think about that? Uh, when I was I was spoiled, so this is the other thing. Obviously, if I post things on social um, media, um, like I said, I, I manage a lot of the comments. I do hear some spoilers every now and then. Unfortunately, there's no way that I can seem to avoid them at times. So I did know it was going to be Oceanside before we went into this episode. What do you think it? I didn't about like it. Being it. I didn't like it when I heard it. I found it more believable when I watched it uh, and the way it unfolded. Um, you know. This all comes back down to Maggie uh, at the end of the day and her... And that was brutal. ...killing of, of Gregory. And I think there's some comic stuff that I'm going to talk about. There's not a lot of comic stuff this week, uh, but there is something about that that I'm going to talk about. Okay. And I, I just think that the Oceansiders do have a point and obviously that end scene is extremely brutal and, and, and you know, that's one of my positives is actually that end scene. I thought it was just excellent. Um, well, the end scene from the ocean side. The yeah. end scene from when they they find they track the ocean siders down, yeah. uh, and they've got uh, I can't remember her name, no, the, the saviour, and you know they're they're describing the situation, and you've got Daryl and Maggie who are on a knife edge, on the cusp, on the they? on the cusp of revolution because of Glenn and Abraham. And mm-hmm. also from Daryl's perspective, you know, he was captured by the saviors. He's having to run them. He can see their bad, the, 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 yeah. the, the, their true nature. Um, so you've got these two characters who could flip on a dime. And then you've got the Oceansiders who we haven't really seen much of this season. We've seen some of Cindy. Uh, but when they're explaining the brutal decision uh, that, that Negan enacted and Simon enacted upon mm. their group to kill her 11-year-old brother... 
just because he was a boy. Because he was a boy. Now, uh, that to me yeah. does not sound like a Negan thing. And, and as we've said, I think it was a Simon thing. Yeah, and I think you're totally right because it doesn't feel like a Negan thing. But obviously... We know that Simon renegated before yeah. Negan forgave him and then he did it again with the trash people. But so we know Negan he does is, it. Negan is the face of the saviours. So yeah. regardless of whether he is actually responsible, yeah. he will be responsible. I am Negan. If he makes people yeah. all say that, then that's that's exactly. what everyone's going to believe that was him. But it's like people will look at a country where a prime minister has decided to go to war or, or a president well, or whatever and blame it We've got some more on... feedback on that. We've got some more feedback on that, which Ooh. we'll come on to in feedback. But um, yeah, brutal scene. And... When they were saying that, I was like, what would I do in that situation? Because um, it's so, you you know, and and the shot that it ends on with um, Maggie and Daryl walking away and then the execution in the background, oh. that's that's excellent stuff. It was right? amazing, but my God, that made my skin crawl. I mean, it was it was beautifully done in a horrific, horrific way. I mean, um, the, it seems, like I said a couple of episodes ago, or last episode, that the the sort of showrunner and the directors and the writers seem to have something in mind. There's not really many loose threads running around. Mm. There's no like A side, B side to these oh. s- stories, which we'll come on to. Um, you know, there's no B plots really. It's all this consistent plot about you know the different natures of each yeah. of the of the communities and how they're uh, reacting to Rick's you know utopian idea. Um, and that is interesting. I mean, there is a little B plot in this episode, uh, the A, the B plot, which we will come on to in a bit <laughs> because that is, you know, for me, one of the downsides of the episode. But um, one of the things that I liked most about this uh, this scene was the fact that um, Cindy really highlighted that Maggie has set the precedent precedent mm, for this. Mm. She has set the precedent for. Um, I suppose, like, renegade revenge or, well, or, or you know, justice meted out by, you know, whoever feels it is right. And, you know, Cindy says, we felt like we could do this because of what you did to Gregory. And, you know, you mentioned Maggie and, and Daryl being very much on a knife edge. You know, they could flip at any time. This could have definitely taken them one way or the other. And I really liked that. I thought that was one of the strongest parts of the episode was finding out it was the Oceansiders. And then having this uh, this kind of debate internally about how Maggie was going to react to basically being told she's responsible for these people's deaths, rightly or wrongly, that they should be punished because of her choice to... She, she seemed to revel in it. And for me, that's so out of her character. She mm. seemed to be like, I inspired you to do this. I for me, that's that. a turning point where she should be going, fuck, actually, come on, what I've done here is a bit out of order. And even in Comic Corner, and this isn't a spoiler, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned to everybody and you and you and John mm-hmm. how Maggie's decision to hang Gregory in the comics is a very controversial one that Rick does not agree with because yeah. of this exact situation potentially happening. See, I disagree with you, not on that, but that when, when Maggie said... Oh, I inspired you to do this. I thought she was horrified. I thought she was. But then why did she walk away and let it happen and then say to Daryl? Well, because it was before she realised that Simon or, or you know, that particular saviour had killed an 11-year-old boy. And of course, she's a mother now. I mean... I'd have walked away. Just FYI. Yeah, I said, as I said, I don't know what I would do in that situation. I think it's an interesting one and a very, you know... It's, it's it's a flip of a coin situation, in my opinion. But well, we'll see where it goes. I we suppose. will, we will. But you know, Maggie's decision um, in the comics has uh, repercussions because of it. It causes a massive argument between Rick and Maggie. In this, Rick was present for the hanging of Gregory, 
which is bizarre. As I said, that is bizarre. He, that does not happen in the comic. So no. it's bizarre in in the respect that he was kind of okay with it. Um, so this destabilizing nature is partly his fault for not standing up to Maggie and sort of making her see that you can't just kill mm. people. As we've said, why does Negan get to live? And Jerry even says at this episode, is this a Gregory situation or is this a Negan situation? Yeah. Now, if you were to say those two characters, uh, names, um, side by side, obviously Gregory would be the one you envisage in prison and Negan would be the one that you see executed. Yeah. So there's so much confusing you know, laws and rules with this new utopian society. And that is obviously what Michonne is trying to to rectify with the charter. Uh, and Other than making babies, obviously, because that's important as well. But <laughs> it, she's trying to rebuild civilization in a law respect as well, which is also good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know how it's going to play out. Well, is how it's going to play out. This is a little prediction. Uh, revolt. T- revolt. Uh, the charter doesn't get finished. Uh, Rick's death or leaving of the show will force the communities to band together. The other thing to factor into all of this, of course, is the Whisperers are coming this half season as well. Now, Is that confirmed? 100%. There is there is no way, everyone knows this already, the Whisperers are in the trailer, they're in every piece of marketing for the season. Yeah. Um, they're the new big bad. There is no, I just don't understand how they're going to fit in, you know, the departure of Rick Grimes, uh, and then have to tackle the Whisperers, which are... It's a lot to take on. It's a lot to take on. I mean, the Whisperers are a completely different type of foe uh, to Negan and anything that Rick's faced before, and they have an army of walkers in the tens of thousands. So there is nothing... Uh, that could be worse for this community at this point than this infighting. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be horrendous and, if this carries on. You know, yeah, so let's see where it goes. Well, speaking of uh, some unknown foes, uh, one of my favourite parts of the episode, this might be a little contentious, uh, was the uh, the scene between Jadis and Anne. I still can't get used to Anne. Um, the um, helicopter yeah. and, and Father Gabriel. I want to know what the hell A's and B's are, mm. why we're trading people for something, mm. and what is going to happen to Gabriel. It, because, so for me, I, I quite like the fact that when Anne went back to the trash dump, yes, um, she she looked like she really didn't want to be doing this. And, you know, the conversation she was having over the radio with whoever the hell that is. Mm, who is that? Good um, question. And we should discuss that in, in a minute. Um, she looked like she really didn't want to have to be a part of it. But then when Gabriel turned up, and I think she just felt betrayed. You know, last episode she said, you can ask me about my past, just don't ask me my secrets. But he'd followed her, you know, yeah, without what, telling what's her. What's that about? She's trying to be part of a new community, starting a new life. Yet yeah, we need to know things about it. You can't just be so defensive. Well, I think that initially she was trying to, you know, resolve the why are you flying the helicopter over uh, on the slide without any real repercussions so she could get rid of it and carry on living her life. And then she just lost her shit when Gaby turned up. But I don't know. I mean, Len, what do you think A's and B's are? It's such a tough question. I mean, I'm coming at it from comic knowledge and I'm honestly trying to tell you right now, there is nothing that I can think of. No precedent um, for this. I don't think so. I'm really struggling. Um, we mentioned that possibly, and this is all once again all over, um, this isn't really a spoiler, but last season we saw Georgie who mm. gave them the plans and talked about a grander future and she goes around. Um, there was a lot of speculation that she's from a very large community called the Commonwealth. And I think we're pretty confident that's the case, right? I'm confident she's from there. 
and it's even mentioned this season. Yeah, yeah. I thought the helicopter, and we've mentioned it before, might have been related to Georgie and her community. Mm. Um, I'm questioning that slightly now. Yeah. Uh, they seem sinister. Um, Very. Trading people. A's and B's. Gaby is obviously classed as an A. But when- she thought he was a B. Now, I wonder whether A's and B's are something like leaders and workers or, you know, strong people versus people you can easily bend to your will Mm. or something like that. Because I kind of got the impression that she went, I thought you were pathetic, but actually it turns out you got some balls, which she would know. No, that is is true. And A's and B's have been not synonymous with the season in a way, but if you think back to uh, Gareth and uh, I was thinking of our Gareth then I was like no not our Gareth the little Gareth in Australia who's part of the fan critical team but um, no uh, Gareth who was the cannibal um, back they they were stored in containers called A's and B the B container the A container it's nothing to do with that I'm sure but it's just another way that people are are characterised you know speaking of alphas and betas you know you shouldn't be Shouldn't be talking about that, Emma, because you've not read the comics, but I can tell you something right now. <laughs> they are two characters that are coming into oh. the show very, very soon. In which case, it's probably not that then. No, I mean... Unless they changed into like Alan and Brian. No, no, no. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So what uh, do we think is going to happen to Gaby? He's on the way out. He's on the way out. He's um, already lost the sight in one eye, but he has got a cool new hat. I don't think he's making it through the season. He was one of the people that I talked about in the premiere that I just don't think will survive very long. I don't think he's coming out this... This whole half season. Uh, I don't think he's going to die because of this, by the way. Do you not? No. But I think this might uh, shed some light on a whole different community. Um, Because it looks like they're going to be going there. I mean, no one else knows that Anne and Gabriel are there. She's got the walkie. The helicopter knows the location of the trash site. We know that from Mm -hmm. last season. So they could be heading to this new location next week for all we know. Well, yeah. Gaby and Anne could be on a little adventure away from our group, and that will turn into the B plot. So let's see. Intriguing. Um, Well, one of the things that I, you know, we've talked a little bit about missing saviors, etc. One of the things that I wasn't really keen on, actually, was when everyone went off to work out where missing saviour, I can't remember her name, I want to call her a Tia. Like a it's tier like Antina or something. Yeah. Um, Carol and Rick are off in a team. You good know, team. Go with someone you trust. Yeah, good team. Yeah, very good team, but also interesting team-ups there. Um, they find the rogue saviours, the Leedy the Revolt, those two uh, douchebag beardy blokes. Yeah. Uh, and that whole scene, I'm really not sure how I feel about this. About, you know, Carol being bested by this idiot She wasn't bested, though, was she? Because she came out on top in the end. And that's the thing with Carol. She has just got survival instincts. So she's got a knife up her sleeve constantly. You know, she's attached Uzis to her gut sleeves before when she was fighting saviours. You know, she's got incredible survival instincts, even in this time of tranquility, as she sees it in her respect with with Ezekiel and everything that's good going on there. Um, Oh, I missed this week. I did miss him, yeah. Um, So... I just think that that scene was a bit silly, but they have been drumming this line, uh, every life matters or something along those lines, this whole episode. And obviously that's in complete juxtaposition to the end scene that we get with um, Daryl and Maggie. And and, and like you said, their team up, which I felt was was an interesting team up. One that I felt that Rick shouldn't allow to happen, you know. I don't think he's aware of it, though. I think he's lost a little bit of his... Um, street smarts. Nouse. Yeah, street yeah. smarts. I think... Well, he knows that Daryl's got a problem. So if I was... If it was me, I would have taken Daryl with me. 
I mean, but in that situation, if Daryl was jumped, he would have killed them. So then you've got a whole yeah. other problem. So it, yeah. it's a very interesting. Uh, I don't think it's. I think it's a lose lose situation for Rick at this point. Clearly, at the end of the episode as well, uh, the saviors are leaving. Yeah, which I mean, is that a good or a bad thing? Because well, it's a massively bad thing because that bridge is their only line of trade. So if they don't finish the bridge, uh, they can't trade. They can't ship. Alexandria's in, you know, the Saviors uh, and Eugene create bullets and Alexandria creates bullets yeah. and they create fuel. Um, the Hilltop's main provision is food. They sh- they all work in this sort of circular trade uh, sort of unit. Yeah, I mean, were. they can still complete it. It's just going to take more time, which, which is they the don't issue. have. Yeah, clearly. Because the water, they say the water's rising. There's no way they'll get the bridge finished in time. So they need that workforce there. And the Saviors easily have the somehow even though they were all massacred last season still have the numbers yeah like looked like there was like a hundred of them there so do you so here's the thing do you think that uh anybody else will find out in the next episode so next week's episode yeah. that it was the oceansiders that were responsible for no. the murders do you think they'll ever find out yeah i think they will find out i think rick will find out um and i think uh, Maggie and Daryl are going to try and kill Negan, it sounds like. That's, that seems to be uh, their plan. That yep. sort of ominous line from Maggie at the end, which is "Let now time for Negan. Rick is upholding what he believes is justice and he will inevitably get in the way of what they're trying to do. Mm. Um, there's no way they're going to kill Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So anyone who thinks that Negan's in any form of danger, don't worry. There's no way they're going to lose Andrew Lincoln and Jeffrey Dean Morgan in one season. Definitely not. So I thought the conversation that um, Rick was having with Daryl about, you know, in the morning I wake up and the first thing I think about is maybe I should just go and kill him. Yeah. I.e. Negan was quite interesting. Yeah, Um, he's still trying to curb his uh, instincts. Yeah. His instincts, and that's how he described it as well. Being these in this world is is to is to kill or be killed. But as he rightly says, he will be betraying every single person that he has lost along the way from the very start to now. Mm. Uh, and there are some interesting callbacks in this episode to that first group of survivors, um, and yeah. s- some some images that really get brought forward when he's talking about that. Well, we hear about Herschel. We, we hear about, about Herschel. Um, Daryl's brother. Oh, we even Meryl. We get we get a call back to like what is that episode two or three of season yeah, one? Yeah, so he talks about uh, Rick talks about you know would you kill the guy that left your brother Merle to die on a rooftop? And he do, and Daryl doesn't. Daryl sees Rick as like a brother, yeah, like a well, family. Well, like a brother, which is ironic considering yeah, Rick did leave Meryl up there to die. Um, so hmm. it those callbacks I thought were great. Um, there's a, obviously from that surviving group. Uh, from the very start, there's only two characters, three characters left, um, Daryl, Rick and Carol. uh, And soon it's just going to be two of them. And I would, I could also bet money that there might only be one of them Mm -hmm. at the end of this season. So, you know, it's a shame we're losing all the, 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 the originals. What we're not losing though, and something I really liked about this episode was a good bit of uh, Walker clearing. So that bit where they're at the uh, the, the house, cabin. the cabin. Um, I mean, to be fair, Cindy was a bit useless in in this. Yeah, but it's stand, um, standard zombie stuff, and it? it's yeah. just like oh, well, a bit of peril. Oh, 
I quite like saved saved at the last minute. How many times have people been saved? Like literally at the last <laughs> minute. But I did like the zombie effect where, and I love this because we were. Met, I was talking about it last week. Uh, the zombies at this point would be decomposing yeah. to the point of you can't even get a grip of these things like because they'll just be the skin will be falling Which off. Was exactly proven. Yeah, and the jaw. You were trying oh. to get the jaw and like the neck and the neck was being all ripped out oh, and it was all it was, slimy. And I was like, it was great. That is awesome. I was like, wait a minute. This is this is exactly what the walkers at this point would be like. Yeah, you would try and grab right. them, and it would be really hard because. You, the skin would just fall off instantly. It's Whoa. gross. And, you you know, it would be very hard to defend yourself in that situation. Yeah. They could just slide past you or slip through your grasp. I also really liked the uh, the walkers kind of poking their hands out the door and then just cascading out. Very reminiscent of season one, episode one. Yeah. Uh, Dead in here, don't enter, which was on Love the door that. in the hospital. A direct callback, um, which I very much liked. Uh, but, yeah, Maggie... Awesome at killing uh, walkers. Uh, Cindy needed a bit of help from Daryl. So with the arrow last minute again, always just before they're about to get it. random Rosita. Yeah, Rosita. She's not had much to do this season. No, she's got Uh, a new outfit though. And well, I love her outfits. I have to say. I'm not sure about these new leggings. Um, I'm a big fan of her outfits. Uh, (laughs) What I will say about Rosita is I'm surprised she's not had more to do this season. Um, Bearing in mind we're, what, 180, 200 minutes in? Yeah. She's had about five minutes. She's had about four or five lines maximum. Mm. Uh, I thought she would be a good candidate to maybe lead the saviours or something along those lines. Interesting. Especially working with Eugene. Um, I think that is a duo that needs Mm. to be working together because they've actually had a lot of history together and it would make sense also not not a lot of eugene season either no i mean very minimal um and actually i was a bit disappointed that we didn't see aaron this episode yeah didn't see aaron either well he's recovering so in his tent with his no arm rick look-alike sort of situation going on expensive all that cgi well it it is you know as i said that's why he didn't cut rick's arm off because it was going to be so difficult for them going forward with storylines this might be the death knell for aaron could be um len what else is there anything else for you that you like disliked or ambivalent about from this episode there's no ambivalence. It's all good, apart from uh, the Gabe and Anne stuff, which I, I'm I'm not 100% on, uh, just because I really like the focus of this uh, plot at the moment of all the different communities having different issues. Mm. Um, I think the show is... Honestly, it feels like a new show. The time jump has massively helped it. It feels like yeah. it's got a breath, breath of fresh air. And it's got to the point now where I think that it's a terrible mistake to lose Rick. Um, because if the show just kept going on this Whisperer arc with Rick, I think it would be really good. Um, as it is, my only concern is how the Whisperer arc is going to flow yeah. uh, and be cohesive without Rick. And and a major player in the Whisperer arc was Carl. This isn't this is comic stuff. It's not a spoiler because Carl's dead in the show, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Carl was a huge integral part of the Whisperer arc. Um and that's all going to be gone. So I just am baffled to see who is going to bring these communities together mm. in the eventuality of Rick not being there. And the only person I can think of at the moment is Michonne. Um, yeah. Uh, trying to honour Rick in some way, shape or form. If he does die or if he leaves, I don't know. Or, I don't think he'd leave or, she wouldn't go with him. No, exactly. So so if he dies then, then I think Michonne is the most likely candidate to... Um, 
take over and try and unite the communities. Other than that, obviously, we know from um, pre-season press releases and workloads of uh, Maggie uh, in the show that she is not going to be in. Um, well, the press releases basically said the same thing about Lauren Cohen and um, Andrew Lincoln and that they are contracted for... I think six six episodes, episodes of season nine. Yeah, what are is, the six episodes? Yeah, and considering Maggie has been in all three, yes, so, so far, far, and Rick, obviously, yeah, and there's no way they can't be. So, considering the fact that Maggie's going to be gone, and that's not a spoiler, as I said, everyone knows it already. Considering the fact that Rick's going to be gone, and that's also not a spoiler, doesn't leave a lot. Open. Doesn't leave a lot of strong leader characters. You've got Carol, and you've got Daryl, in my opinion, and Michonne. Um, I think you're right. Michonne's the strongest. It has to be Michonne, but they're also trying to make Daryl the essentially what we believe, which they're trying to make Daryl the ultimate new main actor of the show, uh, which obviously would resonate extremely well with the fandom. And I've been a big fan of giving him some more meaty material. And this season, it's really working for him, and he's 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 much better. Um, And I'll be honest. I mean, I love Daryl. You know, I'm a massive fan. I I don't see him as a uh, he's a not strong not, enough leader. He's not a strong enough leader. Clearly, he's not a strong enough leader because he is doing everything wrong. He does not learn from his mistakes. He has made mistake after mistake after mistake, uh, and he doesn't learn. No, he, and he's just following Maggie. He, he 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 stepped out of turn with Negan when Negan said, "Don't do anything," and he, because of him, Glenn died. Yeah. Um. He didn't learn from that. Because he still renegades on certain things, he doesn't. He doesn't like just stay on one path, and that's fine. But when someone like Rick, who you've been fighting all that war with, and you trust, and has saved you from the brink several times, you would not turn on him. You just wouldn't. Not for Maggie. Not for Maggie, and and he isn't. I know he hates Negan. He obviously blames Negan for Glenn's death, but it's actually Daryl's actions that got Glenn killed. So he's got to take a long, hard look at himself. I can't see him as a leader. The only way I can is if this event with Rick transforms him in a way that he has never been transformed yeah. before. Because if Rick goes, it would be like losing the only family he has left in this world. Yeah. I him mean, or Carol would be a disaster for him. At so, this point, I think Daryl needs to go and sit back in that room and have a long, serious think about what he's done. Yes, have a little think. Have a little think, Daryl. Mm. Don't go betraying your, your brother, Rick. Yeah? Yeah. Well, on that note, yeah. Um, I think we've pretty much covered most of the episode, actually. Yeah, it's yeah? it's an easier one to cover this week because it is. it's just, as I said, there isn't much of a B-plot other than the helicopter um, but, Lots of questions, though, which we can all mull over over the course of the next uh, six or seven days. Um, so now it's time for your comic corner warning. If you do not want the content from the comics spoiled, switch off now and come back next week. Uh, if you are interested in the comparisons or differences between the show and the comics, then uh, keep listening after the short musical interlude. <laughs> Right, 
Right, so Comic Corner. Uh, every week I keep telling you that there's going to be a, a load of stuff. The premiere had a ton of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, last week was very, very uh, slim. And I have to say, this week is also very slim because they're going down a different path, which is completely understandable. They haven't introduced some of the new characters that we've, I'm really looking forward to see. The mm-hmm. Whisperers haven't even been introduced yet in any way, shape or form. Um, and we're still focusing on the Saviour plotline. So I figure this week what we could do is discuss the things that we're not getting clearly. Yeah. So um, great idea. Lou. Let's just discuss the fact that in the comics, Daryl doesn't exist, uh, and Maggie does, and the fact that she chooses to kill Gregory in the premiere does uh, have repercussions in this episode, as we can see with the Oceansiders. Yeah. Uh, and something similar happens in the comics, like I'm referenced in the main podcast, where Rick does not approve of Maggie killing Gregory, and it raises questions and the setting up of new laws, a big falling out between Rick and Maggie, and also, you know. That question, that lingering question that we've been saying, why is it fine to kill Gregory and not fine to kill Negan? If anything, in your head, it would be the other way around. Just because Gregory's a worm and Negan Negan raped and killed loads of people uh, with a bat and then smashed their brains in all over the floor. So just saying. Fair. Um, But yeah, Oceanside have taken this to heart. Obviously, this doesn't happen in the comics and they have started to kill saviours. So... Does does Gregory's death in the comics feel any other kind of it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for revolt? So the thing that happens with this portion of the comic is you are a bit further along and you've had a time jump of three years, not one and a half years. Yeah, the communities are thriving. They're about to have a fair. And this sounds bizarre, but they are going to have a fair. They're they're, they're like well, like a fairground. Yeah, like Alexandria is hosting the first like commun like like a party for all of the communities. Weird. Um, so they're in a quite jubilant mood, but obviously there's these undercurrents of things going on. You've still got Negan down in the cells, and mm-hmm. you've got um, and you've got this thing with Gregory, and you've also got you know as I've mentioned with the assassination attempt on Maggie that Gregory tried to do. And uh, Rick is also a target of an assassination attempt, yeah. which he fights off somehow in his debilitated state. Cause in the comic, he's very, you know, demobilized. You can barely walk. And, and he also has one arm. Um, <laughs> but the way he gets out of that assassination attempt, I'm not going to spoil it is, is excellent. So read the comics and you're going to see something very special. Um, so there are undercurrents of bad things going on. But as I said, they're building towards this fair, this like this this event, right? And uh, as this is all going on, you also have uh, the whisperers coming into play. Yep. So there's a very big thing that happens. Uh, arguably, the biggest thing that happened since issue 100 with Glenn the Bat. Wow. Uh, that if they execute it well on the show, will be brilliant. And I'm not going to spoil it here. Anyone who's read the comics and is listening to this knows that event. Um, Let's just say it's a game changer. So that's all going on as well. So it's not like this Gregory thing is the only thing that happens. It's There are these little things. But the Gregory thing, you know, does anger a lot of people. And it does cause an assassination attempt on Rick. And Maggie was also the target of Gregory's assassination attempt. So it's not like it's all... Rosie, there are problems. Um, Speaking of that, the saviors are portrayed in the show to be 
not very cooperative or a large group of them are not very cooperative. Mm. Uh, it is safe to say that in the comic it is the same sort of situation. Okay. They obviously lost all at war. And although that Rick, although Rick is trying to help them, there are elements of the saviors who are not happy with how things are because they are just genuinely dicks. So the thing is they just want to cause chaos and they're, or they're just not good people and they don't really see Rick's utopia as the new way forward. Um, the sanctuary is actually uh, run by Dwight, um, who is a very important ally of Rick's in the comics. Yeah. Um, he is essentially, maybe that's what Daryl's role will be. Going, well, this is what forward. we were saying before, wasn't it? That we thought that Daryl's storyline, seeing as he doesn't exist in the comics, would align itself with Dwight's. It would make perfect sense if that was the case. But at um, the moment, it doesn't feel like we're going there. It doesn't feel like we're going there. Um because Dwight might return and I'm pretty confident he will return this season to be honest with you I hope so so you know maybe Dwight will be Daryl's right hand man who knows um, but the big thing is would Maggie in the comics ever turn on Rick so dramatically no she would not because she has had disagreements with him before like I've said mm. and she especially goes out on a, on a limb to hang Gregory Um but ultimately views Rick as a father figure, uh, someone who has helped her and Herschel and her family over and over again, uh, and someone who she learned the values of leadership from. So she would. Uh, this this Maggie in the show is obviously driven by the fact that Lauren Cohen is leaving the show, yeah, and they have to find a way to get her out of the show cleanly. Uh, maybe with the option of her coming back as well. Well, yeah, because it actually it didn't say that she was leaving in all of the you know pre-season. It doesn't um, say she's dying. It says that she she you know exile for me is probably the way that she might go. Yeah, possibly, um, or that she might just peter out for a little while. Just peter out. Peter out. Where's the leader of Hilltop gone? Just gone on holidays. Gone on holiday for a bit. Taken Herschel. Yeah. First holiday outside of the Hilltop. So um, that's, that's um, it for Comic Corner this week. As I said, there's not a lot going on at the moment that's actually from the comics but there's little elements of these groups that is you know in the show and you can and the way feel it and can't the, you? the feeling is there there is this impending doom that is going to happen and in the comics you do get a sense of that as well um let's just wait for those little whisperers to get involved speaking of whisperers uh, let's move on to some listener feedback <laughs> Riffing on um, Elizabeth Nikolaevich's comment on Facebook last week, which we were, when we were talking about um, the fact that Negan is like a dictator, like Hitler or something like that, and we were talking about war crimes in general, and the fact that um, in current day society, war crimes might not be punishable by death. Uh, we've had further conversation on this, so just thought I'd... Uh, update everyone uh she says this negan can be likened to hitler many of us saw this and it really turned us off it's the fascist feel of him and his ways for example everyone is negan as in everyone else is nobody and only exists for him and him alone and that's the only reason they exist or survive because he exists even like he treats himself like a god right and that's what we mm. were just saying in the main cast uh the fact that simon executed oceanside yeah i am negan that you know, relates to Negan because he has drilled that into yep. people. So that is definitely true. It's a very fascist dictatorship that he had on the go. Definitely. Um, I'm with you up until this point. So she says this, usually, at least in the 20th century, we don't execute the leaders of belligerent countries. That is also true. Yep. I mean, as we said last week, war crimes, you are tried 
uh, and I don't believe the policy is execution. I don't think anywhere, apart from maybe a few... States in America. Yeah, and actually a, a few Well, Saudi Arabia, other countries, yeah, yes. But in, predominantly in the Western world, yes. you don't execute war criminals. That is true. However, she says Hitler would be an exception. Uh, um, and that is an interesting question. If Hitler was ever captured, would he have been executed i actually think he would have been executed yeah i do actually um but that's just me who knows what would have happened back in 1945 if he didn't take that little cyanide tablet or shoot himself so it's all personal opinion as she says uh you know because the glenn thing you know is they, you can't made it personal not about him being a, a yes a despot yeah or, well look you know. there are very many personal connections with the Negan thing like yeah. you know the glenn and abraham death will resonate with people forever mm. and he will probably never get forgiveness for those things you know what i mean and you know in the comics um there's a lot more discussed about glenn's death um and there's not a resolution but there is some finality to that conversation which i think if people want to read the comics go read the comics um you get some great negan stuff after his imprisonment um some of the best parts of the comic now are negan so just go check it out. Um, next piece of uh, next piece of feedback is uh, from Amy on our Facebook page. Em. Yep. So, so Amy's posed us a question uh, for anyone who'd like to answer. Really, she says. I did answer it, but yeah, good. I'm answer it for everyone now. You, you could answer it again for everybody else. Yeah. Uh, she says I dropped off The Walking Dead last season, a couple of episodes in because it was moving so slowly and I was bored. And this is coming from someone who's very easily amused and also scared of everything. Um, nothing wrong with that. Uh, is it worth going back and catching up? Or could I just listen to the podcast from season eight and get enough of an idea of what's going on to just move right on to season nine? Len, what, what did you say to Amy and the rest of our listeners? So what I said to this um, is if you just listen to the podcast, you're just going to hear us being negative quite a lot last season. Uh, also, we did get very drunk and we had a laugh with it. So it was funny. Like it generally was a really fun thing to record <laughs> with you guys this season, a bit more sensible so far. Yeah. We haven't had to drink our way, you know, drink our way through these podcasts so much because the, the content's been decent. Um, but do you need to watch episode season eight? No, uh, no, you don't. Because this is a time jump. I recommended, and I think I'd, I'd recommend this to anyone who wants to catch up on the show quickly and not have to trawl through the ridiculous amount of garbage there was last season, including the garbage people, um, go on YouTube and find a, and I do this for anything if I need a quick refresher on things, yeah. uh, like a five-minute recap of what happened in season eight of The Walking Dead. Loads of fan sites make them. I There's don't loads know, of really good ones yeah, as well. I don't know which one's the best. Some are funny, some are like serious, and some are somewhere in between. But just like a 10 or five-minute recap on season eight is all you need to really get you to this point. And yeah. then this is a whole new journey now, a whole new story. The only consistent thing is the sort of disagreements between the groups, you know, and, yeah. and the fact that the war finished a couple of years ago. So that would be my advice. YouTube, uh, and then listen to the podcast for like our finale thoughts. Yep. And maybe, you know, our wrap up thoughts or whatever that was. And then, yeah, just join us again on season nine because um, it's been a good, uh, good start by uh, Angela Kang. It so, certainly has. Very well good. Done, Angela. Um, and Crystal has had this to say. She emailed us. Uh, Hi, guys. Again, here I am listening to you. Yeah. Thanks very much. Excellent. Uh, the actor playing Shane, the Shane lookalike, because we were saying this last week and we've had a couple of responses on this, um, uh, played Jody in Shameless. He was the boyfriend of Sheila and Joan Cusack. So I've heard this. So I'm not a massive Shameless fan, but I, 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 
I looked him up. But also, if anyone is out there screaming at us as I'm saying this, uh, he was also in Black Sails, apparently. Oh. And I haven't watched Black Sails yet, but everyone keeps going, he's amazing in Black Sails. Well, including my dad, who is a massive fan of Black Sails, uh, but won't let me have the login details from Amazon Prime. So I haven't watched that yet, but everyone on Facebook was saying yeah. the same thing on the so. He doesn't look like Shane. He does. He looks very much like Shane. Yes. Uh, and he's also in Black Sails and Shameless. So thank you very much for that, Crystal. Uh, she just wanted to also say, I just wanted to say I find this year already on track and loving it. Uh, it's just a quick email. And I hope all is well with everyone. Yep, all is well. Thanks, Crystal. And yes, very much on track this season and much improved content by the showrunner, Angela Kang. And the whole team at The Absolutely. Walking Dead and AMC. Well done for the first three episodes. I'm going to give you uh, three blueberries again. Excellent work. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're on we're on great track. So let's hope that it carries on for the rest of, uh, of the first half of the season. And by the looks of it, I think it will. Might um, do. Fingers crossed. Let's hope so. We haven't had this much consistency in a long time. Um, so that's it for our episode three podcast. Um, we will be back next week for episode four uh, to talk to you about um, what happens there, as well as regular content from Len from Comic Corner. We've got some other stuff going on at the moment too. So um, Fan Critical is our parent podcast. We've been doing loads of stuff lately. Um, if you haven't tuned in, we did Pet Cemetery a couple of weeks ago. Hilarious. Um, if you've seen brilliant. Pet Cemetery before, best this is comedy part, of the 80s. This is part of our Stephen King retrospective. Um, who knew uh, so many of these adaptations of Stephen King books, and there's a lot, are awful. They are genuinely <laughs> hilarious. Pet yeah. Cemetery is meant to be a horror film and it's a comedy. So if you want to hear us tee off on that one, definitely check out that podcast. It is, is good fun. And you can find that either on Fan Critical or on our sub-podcast Child Podcast. Yeah, it's our little podcast baby that is Castle Rock Critical. So uh, do go check that out as well. And coming out on that soon in the next couple of weeks will be our coverage or our, our retrospective even of yeah. Misery, Misery, the book and the film. A good Stephen King adaptation. Yeah. If you've seen that, be sure to check that. That's also going to be fun, but in a, in a good way, I think. I reckon so. I think it'll be a, a pretty decent one. A little different to Pet Cemetery and Very Kudra. different. Yeah, very different. Um, and if you fancy a bit of a laugh, we've just done a live YouTube podcast with some friends over in America, Castle Rock Historical Society, doing a Halloween candy swap. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. I literally couldn't sleep <clears throat> last night because of it. Um, so much sugar and fake chemicals. On, honestly, so what happened is they sent us loads of sweets from America for, you know, trick or treat or whatever. And we sent them loads of sweets. And it uh, turns out... Um, English sweets are fine, and I always thought they had a lot of sugar in them. Oh, no. Turns out American sweets, uh, and I've got a very sweet tooth, literally made me feel extremely sick. Uh, for We did eat a lot. We did eat a lot. But I'm I don't just have saying. much of a sweet tooth, and um, I was bouncing off the walls all night for it's, all that sugar. It's, it's um, not good for you guys. But it was a good laugh, and not only did we eat a crap ton of candy or chocolate, or whatever you want to call it. Yes. Um, we also talked about uh, some of our favourite Halloween movies and some of our less favourite Yeah, Halloween it was good. Films. It was just like a Halloween chat whilst we were eating some candy. Yeah. That is on Superficial Gallery YouTube. That is Superficial Gallery YouTube channel. Go check that out and be sure to, uh, you know, leave a comment if you like it. Yeah. 
definitely so that's it from us today um as i said we'll be back next week for uh, episode four in the in the meantime uh, feel free to give us your feedback on our social media we are at fan underscore critical on instagram and at fan critical pod on twitter or send us an email uh, loads of us um will keep in touch with uh, with our fans there with any feedback that you've got questions that you have that's fan critical podcast at gmail.com uh, but otherwise it's just down to uh, saying goodbye uh, for another week before we catch up with you for episode four so thanks for listening guys yeah, see you later guys and uh, let's keep the good good walking dead train on the roll absolutely keep it up angela see you later Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.